singing will do. I do appreciate the special this morning. Sister Lisa, Sister Wendy, that was a blessing. God bless you. I also appreciate the prayer this morning, Brother Ernie, and I also appreciate all of you for being here and being a part of the service. Let's turn to the book of Job, Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. We'll read from verse 6. My, my um, subject will not be so much the book of Job and his trials, so in case your heart sank when we opened to the book of Job this morning, um, don't worry, we'll be okay. <laughs> but I want to take a principle out of this if I can. Verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Oh, I pray that God could make a similar boast of us. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house? and about all that he hath on every side? Hast thou blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land? Put now forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thy hand, and so Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. I, I want to read another part of Job here, but I want to read this from the message Brother Branham spoke on Job. And he says this, One day Satan came before God, before the sons of God, and God said, Have you considered my servant Job, a just man, perfect, none like him in the earth, and he said, oh, sure, you're giving him everything he wants. You got him all hedged up and everything. 
said, no wonder, sure, he can serve you, making plenty of money, got plenty of cattle, got everything in life, sure, anybody can serve God like that. If you'll let me have him, I'll make you curse him to your face. And then Brother Branham says these words, and God said, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> the seed I've put in him will not deny this word. This Eve is not like the other Eve. This Eve is predestinated. One more, Job chapter 2, verse 1. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. This morning, I want to speak on God comes in his word, and Satan comes also. God bless you. you may have your seats. I'm, I'm really uh, been on a series, and I've entitled it The Organized Religion Versus a Manifested Life. And this is much in that vein, even though I'm not using that title. But I want to step back a little bit today, and I want to just look at this from a little bigger perspective. And um, you allow me that this morning and engage with me. And I believe, um, you know, we, we could say, as Brother Branham would say, in a, in a message, the testimony on the sea, that's the way it is. It's always a mixed crowd. Believers, make-believers, and unbelievers always conglomerated together. There are, even when the sons of God come up before God in the book of Job, it, was, it said Satan was setting among them exactly when the sons of God appeared in the presence of God, certainly, they're always there, and they were there, one saying one thing and another. I just realized as I had you seated, I didn't have a word of prayer. Can I just ask you to bow your heads? Heavenly Father, as we've just now opened your word, we've looked at it. Lord, we don't want to ride on emotion. We don't want to ride on intellect. But Lord, we're depending on your spirit this morning. Father, you know where we're at in this great crucial hour in the world with the forces around us. Lord, we know that your enemy, our enemy, is out there. And he's not only out there, Lord, he comes right to us. He comes right to our heart. Lord, it's a great battle. And we pray that you'll teach us your ways. We'll pray that you would be with us in everything expressed today. Lord, we give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, um, this is not so much identifying that, okay, you know, I, I see some sons of God and daughters of God sitting here. You know, which one, is, where is Satan sitting? You know, no, he's, he's, he's gathered here this morning. He can be gathered. And remember this, you're a three-part being. You're, you're a flesh man, you're a spirit man, you're, you're a soul man. And he, he comes to do anything at any time God's word comes forth. 
And so he's here this morning. And if we allow him, if we allow our tiredness to set in, if we allow our mind to go, then you could say he's achieving part of his goal. But if we also allow ourselves and say, okay, now this is the time. This is the focus. This is where I'm going to be engaged. Lord, I need you to drop something in my heart. I need more of you for the day we're living in, for the battle and the hour that we're in. I believe that that is there for us, but it's a battle. So it's always been at the gate of God's Word. It was that way for Adam and Eve. God gave Adam the command. He gave him the boundaries to live in. And, and no doubt somewhere, Satan was there and he heard it. He heard it as, as Adam would share it with Eve. And he began to work at that part right then to, to sow his seeds. It happened also right at the gate where, where two sons came to worship, where Cain and Abel, both spirits were there. It was there when Jesus and Judas were on the earth. Both spirits were there. And it's here today, right at the time when God is not just bringing reformers, but a restoration of his word. Both spirits are there. So I want to be aware of that this morning. And my thought this morning as it goes, it's not so much about the written word, because the written word... Uh, you know, and, and Satan, he's there at the source. And I want you to think for a moment about the prophet that God would use in this last day and the battles that he was engaged in to bring the word as it needed to be brought because the word is a seed. And he was the messenger, the last messenger in the hand of God. But, but he engaged in many battles as he had to bring the word. He had to battle his own flesh. He had to battle his own insecurities. He had to battle his own thinking. Not only that, as he came out and from his very beginning, when he came out and he was ordained in a Baptist church and he'd see these visions and a supernatural element, he had to go beyond what the religious establishment was. Was. He had to go beyond that to express what God was dealing with him. He was an ordained vessel. And it was a challenge because, you know, he would, he would always be conscious of his lack of schooling. He'd always be conscious. But something greater was in him and something that God had placed within him. And I, and I would say it this way, you know, it, it always has been that way. Some brothers will know where I'm going when I say this. But there's always been the religious establishment. There's always been the schools of the prophets. There's always been. But God takes one man in every age. And he takes that man and he lifts that man up. And he brings him into a realm where it's God and God alone. He shows him the word for his day. Then he takes that man down and he brings him down and he speaks to the people. And it may sound foreign, it may sound strange, but that's God's way. And Satan knows. He, listen, he was there. i got to slow down. Satan was there at the beginning. And there's one thing he's always craved. It's the spoken word. He's desired to take the power that comes with the spoken word. 
and it's not been given to him. But he'll pervert it and misuse it and twist it, even can try and do that in our lives. But you can't stop what God has ordained. Now, I, I, I'm just saying there's a written word. There's, there's, he can come to that. But he can't, once that word is dropped into a heart and is manifested, he cannot touch that. And he's always been too late. Let me just say this. God always has a way of, of outdoing him. And he looks for it in intellect. He looks for it according to what he sees. But it was in the middle of Egypt when there was a promised deliverer that God raised up a deliverer right under Pharaoh's nose. It was, and it was too late because God had, had made a way. Listen, Satan's attack was there at the time of birth. At the time that the womb was, was there, he did that when it was in Egypt then. He did it when the Christ was to be born, and he tries to do it right at the time of birth when we are about to receive the word. And the prophet, he would say, you watch when God is moving in his service. And he says, and you watch the people get nervous. That's Satan. He knows he's about to be cast out. He knows he's there. He's there in every meeting. But God is greater than him. And we need to, we need to just challenge him according to what God has empowered us with. My, I am hardly getting to where I need to be. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll set the framework for where I'm going. I appreciate your amens. I appreciate having you here. And that I'm a part of a believers that believe the same thing. Could you imagine what it was like for Brother Branham to preach knowing there was preachers behind him? There was resenting spirits. There was, was disagreeing. I, I, I've been at a f few services and things where I have felt resenting spirits. Listen, I've been around uh, ministering long enough that I know when God is moving upon me, I know the devil is trying something too. He comes against it. He'll do things in your home. He'll do things in your spirit. He'll do anything he can to undermine the effect of God's word to the heart of the believer. But that's what we need to recognize, his tactics. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul speaking to the church, and I, I love the way Paul would begin to speak in the book of Acts. And he, he would talk to them and he said, we're, we're, we're obligated to preach the whole council because we know. And he would talk about how grievous wolves would come after and would try to spoil the flock. And now Paul is giving this admonition to the church. Would to God you would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Paul knew the commission that was given him. And he said, I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now look at the words that he's using. I've espoused you to one husband, to Christ. He doesn't even talk about himself. 
He's just the one who was there officiating the wedding. The joining was not with Brother Branham, was not with the church. The joining is with Christ, the Word. And he would say, I presented you as a chaste version, but then he makes this statement, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I, I want to be direct this morning. You could go back into the previous chapter and we sang the song, I'm bring the, come back to this in a minute. We sang the song, My Heart is Open. But in the previous chapter, Paul would speak in chapter 10, verse 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, these strongholds exist in the human mind. They can exist in good people because of teaching. They can exist, so this morning I'm asking, can I, can I just have your attention? I'm asking, is your heart open to what God would say this morning? Because we can come here and we can say, I'm just showing up because I have to show up. But I can also come in here and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, wash me. We, we can use the church to satisfy our conscience. We can even use a minister. Well, I, I've got to have a minister. And, and, and I'm, I'm not doing this because it's me or anyone. I've, I had to come to the same place. And I've submitted myself to that. And I continue to submit myself to that. But there's one place we submit ourselves. There's one husband. That's Christ. And I, I would just say, whatever you have, you can say, and it's just, Brother Brandon would speak door in a door. You can go so far, but no more. My mind is made up. Don't even go down that path. Whatever it is, you can say, whether it's my private life, whether it's what I dress, whether it's what I wear, whether it's what I believe about a certain topic, well, you, you, you can shut God off right there. But this morning, this morning, I just want your heart to be open. He would say, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This, this you will know, and I don't want these quotations to be um, what I would call um, common. I don't want them just to be words that resonate in the background. I believe it was in the time of Ezekiel. You can go and read it in Ezekiel 33, 34, I believe. But it was saying, come, let's hear. Uh, and the Spirit of God speaks to Ezekiel. You have become a lovely song to the people. Come, let's hear the word of the Lord. My, that's a wonderful. Come, let's hear. They come, they hear, but you become a lovely song. 
Friends, we're not here to be a, just a part of a church, just to have nice music, just to dress nice. This is a battle that we're in. This is where our souls are being, our, our, our whole body is being cleansed and washed. This is our purification. I want to make much of this time. I don't want to go through a tribulation for purification because there will be people that will go through that. So he says in the message, the contest, and I've used this before. This great contest has been going on for many years. It started in heaven. Satan was kicked into the earth. He's become an enemy to God's people. And since then, he's used all of his strength and his strategy to pull God's people across the fires into his fires. Can I say that there are some fires that are burning in the world? Black Lives Matter is a fire that's burning in the world. You don't need to get dragged into that. That's what Satan would want you to get. Tap into your emotion. Tap into all of that. Whatever way you lean. Well, I'm of color. This is exactly a good thing. I've always been. Listen, I, I saw a wonderful thing uh, somebody gave me at the time of that about a year and a half ago, and they sent me a, a picture of, of two Labrador dogs, a white one and a black one, and it said, all labs matter. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's true. I agree, I agree with that. <laughs> all labs matter. <laughs> so here, listen to this. He, he will say this. We must remember... I, I need to slow, slow the, slowly do this here. We know who has the most power. God does. And he gave his people the best thing to combat Satan. That was his word. The word is God. Who's stronger than God? So the word is God and the word becomes our strength. So God in the church becomes its strength to pull Satan into his own fires that he has made, and the tug goes on. The devil would try to put a question and say, which side are you on? And he'll have a question in every day. But the Bible says we have the answer to the devil's question. What side are you on, the vax or the non-vax side? No, I'm on, on neither one. I'm on faith in God. I'm not on fear. Because both of those can be governed in fear. And so we don't make that an issue, one way or the other. We have the answer to the devil's question. Now, he'll say, people don't believe in demons, but my thing, my opinion is, know your enemy, train for the contest, you're going to meet him, know his strength, and train for this contest. Now it's like a boxer. He studies his opponent. He hangs back. Is he right-handed? Is he left-handed? He studies all of these things. That's a good thing for the Christian to do. 
So when we look back in the book of Genesis at the battle in the Garden of Eden, it isn't just history. It isn't just a phrase. It's very pertinent to the hour we live in. When we look at all of these things, we recognize we are seeing a pattern of the enemy's behavior, but we're also seeing Christ in all of that. We see Christ in the prophets. We see Christ in Ezekiel. A portion of him in Isaiah. Another portion. And they all got fulfilled in one, which was Jesus Christ, the real prophet. And that's the one that we're, we're looking at this morning. Now, I, I, I need to just drop a couple of things in. Now, Satan also, listen, you don't want, he used the strategy, the best strategy he had with Eve was to get her to reason with the word. Now, don't, you don't ever want to reason with God's word. He says, just believe it. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to figure it out. You cannot figure out God. That's our our strength. Just accept the word. So there, there, there it is. He would say, that's the way that we do it. He, he will actually go in another place, and I'll save that just for a bit. Satan knows He knows that if the people get the revelation of the true revelation of the two spirits in the framework of the Christian church, that this will be an invincible army and that she can do the greater works. I'm not going to read all that quote because sometimes you read that and we get it, but he knows. Now, he comes and he challenges God and he says, Look at Job. He provokes him. And God says, that's fine. You can do that. He says, I'm going to get you to curse him. And and God says, I don't believe it. Now, the the, the overcomers in the Bible are identified in Revelations 12 as, as they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And, and we focus on those two, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony but it goes a little deeper than that. They loved not their lives to the death. One thing I've, I've been watching as we come closer and closer and we see what we call the squeeze coming in on us more and more. And the squeeze is not so much physical as we think it is. It's spiritual. And the spiritual squeeze, because... You, you, can, you can say, well, what about all these things? I'm fearful. There are people that are fearful to come to church. And whatever your reason is, that's between you and God. And, and I'm saying there are some that are legitimate. I'm not, gonna, I'm not disputing that. But I'd say that's already a squeeze. And then you, you, you can say whatever it is, there, there is a, there, there, there's a, a squeeze. But as we see that coming... And I, I would just say it this way, not just because I turned uh, 30 the second time, but I would just say that as we get along and as we get closer to the end, I, there's this thing that I'm, I'm, I'm watching. 
the things I used to love, that you used to desire, whether they're good things. I, I, I would love to go on a good vacation, I would, and I still would. But I'll say this, more than anything, I'm looking for something more. The, the, the satisfaction that I would gain doesn't go as far as it used to. There's something greater that's in my heart. And I believe it's, it's a product of the season that we're living in. And as we come, the, the things that I used to love and the things about my life, and I thought I could never give that up, I say th I thank God for the grace He's given me to live in Laodicea and not to be enamored by Laodicea. Because that, they'll, they'll question us and say, how could you, living in Laodicea, overcome what is in Laodicea? All its fineries, everything that's there. I could only overcome it by the anointing that God sent. And the anointing is on this word. We, we need to work with what God sends. It would be easy to say, you know, if you lived in the time of, uh, of the first church, they went with the boldness of a lion. They would go out there and they would, they would just step out in the face of every enemy. That was an anointing they were under. But that changed. And it came into a dark ages. And, and you, could, you could argue, well, i got to fight against it. No. Then they went under an ox anointing and said, Let the, they, they've got to do this. And they gave their lives willingly. That's also a part of the anointing of God. It's not all like, rah, 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 I'll destroy everything. No, there's a time you set back. It was that way with Jesus. He, you know, Jesus came and he, he would, the disciples watched him and he slipped out here and he slipped out there. But there came a time and they said, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I'm here. Here I am. I give myself. So there was an ox anointing. Then there was a man anointing. The intellect of man. And it override the other man. And you can try and live on all of those. But the anointing for this day is greater than all of those. And its emblem, its, its emblem is an eagle. Which is to rise above everything. It doesn't mean to be engaged. And, and you know Paul would speak to Timothy. A, a man that wars let him warfare right. Do not become entangled with the affairs of this world. You ride above those things. I'll tell you what, there's times I've, I've, I'm sick and tired of turning on the news and hearing the last COVID statistics. I'm tired of hearing about Ottawa. I'm tired of hearing about, 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 about the United States and, and all of these things. We need to know a little bit, but we don't need to live down there. In fact, if you live down there, you're going to get caught one day. Because the people that are fighting at that level will be found fighting in the tribulation too. So if there isn't a place that you rise above, be careful that you don't become entangled. Let me just read also, if I can, just briefly. Actually, I'm going to skip the book of Jude there. Forget that, Brother Mark. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13 for a moment. I don't know if we can appreciate where we're at in, in, in this great hour that we live in. It is a great hour. It's a wonderful hour. Matthew 13. Now Jesus would speak, and I'm really taking the thought of, of God is in his word. He comes in his word, but Satan comes also. 
So Matthew 13, there's a number of parables here, but we're going to take the one in verse 24, which is the second mystery. Jesus speaks this as a parable to the people. And in verse 24, he says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field, and while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So here's the seed that's planted, but then another one comes and plants tares. And when the blade was sprung up, it brought forth fruit. Then appeared the tares also. Sometimes we get discouraged. Well, if this is the message of the hour, how come there's this? And that's exactly the vindication of where we're at. Do you think Satan is, is going out into bar rooms and out into to, to, to heathen things and to, to all those things? He's got that part. But, but he's, he's coming to the source. He knows if you get this revelation that he cannot stand before that church. He attacks it. But how does he attack it? He plants seeds. Verse 27, so the servants of the householder came and said, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in the field from whence then hath it tares? And he said, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Will thou that we go and gather them up? He said, No, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat with them. Let them grow together. Until the harvest, at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn. So the tares are gathered and bundled first. I don't know, I, I'm trying to remember the brother, but he was a brother that was um, very much in the Pentecostal circles Brother Richard is his name. Brother Harold, you may remember him. But he was in the Pentecostal circles. He was a minister. Uh, and he was under Benny Hen and, and a lot of these ministries. And, uh, and uh, he, he came to the message after. He, he found out when he came to the message that he'd been married a second time. And he laid down his ministry. God bless that brother. And uh, his name was Brother Richard. I, I'll remember the name later. But anyway, he was at this great meeting, and he said, here it was all of the, uh, a number of the denominationals gathering together, and it was just a powerful meeting, and the Spirit was going. And he said something just spoke to him. He was sitting in the back, and he was so warned in his heart. And he said, this is the gathering of the tares. And he said, What? What is this? And it wasn't long after that he came across the message. Friends, if we could see, we read Revelation 17. There was a harlot, a whore, and she was a mother. And the mother has to have daughters. And she has daughters. And they all come together. I've just been listening to why we are not a denomination again, and, and Brother Brown, I'm just, he's just going on it, and I'm thinking, for him to speak, the spirits that he must have encountered, and we take it for granted, it, it, it was a spiritual battle for him to come to this place. 
So we don't want to just say, oh, they're out there. Those spirits are very much alive. And they don't stop out there. But they're constantly trying to come in on us. Listen, brother, why are you going down this path? Because it, it's to the individual. It's, it's, it was Paul warning the people. It was the prophet warning us. Let, let, me, let me read. Because I'm reading. I'm going to come to the next part of Matthew chapter 13 as, as we come to it. But Brother Branham speaks about the end time conditions. I'll keep you from the hour of temptation, speaking out of the Philadelphia Church Age. This is in the Church Age book. The temptation will be exactly like the temptation in Eden. It will be a very inviting proposition held up in direct opposition to God's commanded word. And from the standpoint of human reasoning, it will be so very right, so enlightening and life-giving as to fool the world. Only the elect will not be fooled. And he talks about how the temptation would come through an ecumenical move that Christ's prayer that we all might be one. It becomes so strong politically. Listen to where we're going. I don't know if you've, you've seen this. It was in 1948 the angel of the Lord came on the scene. It was in that same time frame the United Nations was formed. It was in that same time frame that the World Ecumenical Council of Churches was formed. These all came to fruition at the same time. That's not an accident. Last year, you go in front of the United Nations, they erected a new statue. It's a beast. And it's a beast with these wings, and it's right there. You go to the book of Daniel, chapter 7, and you look at Daniel's description of the fourth beast, and you look at that statue, and you can see, that's almost one and the same. Now, you say, that's a symbol, Brother Ed. What does that mean? It's a symbol, but it's an identification. You know, we don't, we don't, because we're not affected, we don't think much of it. But, but listen, in the last two years, we were all affected. And I would say, there's a fine line about, you know, Paul, Paul would say, subject yourself to governments and do all those things. That, that's fine. But there, we also saw churches that just jumped out, they, they were reckless, they were doing whatever. That isn't necessarily the, our place either. It, it, it is an ecumenical move. But he says it becomes strong politically. Now, she bears pressure on the government to cause all to join with her. I think we see how the government has become a tool. I, I, I think we can see that. And he says, and now we, we can talk about our country, you can talk about other countries, they're all in the same boat. And he says, so they'll put pressure to cause them to join, to adhere to principles enacted into law so that no people will be recognized as actual churches unless under the direct or indirect domination of this council. Little groups will lose charters and privileges until they lose all property and spiritual rights with the people. Now, We've heard these things a long time. But friends, 
Let's see what's going on. Listen, don't let this just be up here. It needs to be down here. I, I, I will say this to us. I thought, you know, I, I was looking at Brother Branham, and he would make statements. He'd say about Elvis Presley and the Beatles. You know, he'd make those. But then he'd make other statements about Arthur Godfrey, Bishop Sheen. Um, I was going to say Daniel Boone, but it's Pat Boone. Daniel Boone had a coon skin on. He was a different guy. <laughs> Pat Boone. I thought, Pat Boone? What, what's wrong with Pat Boone? He's the guy that, you know, sang a song with his, his daughter, You Light Up My Life, or something like that. And, I, wow, what's wrong? and then it was like about 10 years ago, Pat Boone came up and aligned with one of the heavy metal rock groups. And he put out an album and he said, Good No More. The prophet catches the spirit. The, the prophet catches things that we don't catch. It, it was John the revelator that, that saw this great who, and I wondered with great admiration. But then the spirit says, why are you wondering? I'll show you the truth. So you can look. I'll tell you what, friends, we need to be listening to what the prophet said, not figuring it out with our mind. I looked up Bishop Sheen. I, I saw a thing. That guy's a charismatic guy. I said, what's wrong with him? In my mind, but down here, there's a spirit that the prophet caught. He caught a spirit when he looked at, at women. Listen, this, this may sound old-fashioned, archaic. Women voting. And he says, that's why they elected a Kennedy. That's why, I, I, I can go a step further. That's why they elected a Clinton. That's why we elected who we had. Now, he's, he's seeing the Spirit. So the prophet, he's, he's raised up, he comes down, he sees the Spirit before it ever comes to pass, and he speaks against it. Now, you and I would go and say, Bishop Sheen, Arthur Godfrey, what's wrong with them? I'll tell you what, be washed by the water of the Word. Allow that to dominate your thinking. Because if you start reasoning with the devil and going, yeah, that's not so bad, then you'll think, Brother Branham was just a little fanatical. The devil's got you right where you want to be. You can make a reason to fit or justify anything in your life. If it's a little bit of a, 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 a place of not being aligned with, with a dress or, or, or being aligned with an entertainment world or, or whatever it is, you can find your place. The Bible also identifies it. There was a sect of the Pharisees that believed. Oh, they, they identified with the message, but they were still Pharisees. They still kept their name. Oh, friends, I, I, I trust this isn't just, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. We need to be washed. I could say I was born in this church, therefore I'm good. That's not good enough. You could say I'm a minister, that's not good enough. We need to be washed daily. The word is what Satan is attacking. He's undermining it in your minds, in your reasoning. You look at the websites and the, all the opposition that's popped up. Where did that come from? It started as a seed sitting in a church and maybe not liking something. And it didn't take long before it took another step. 
Now, this is, this is ahead of my notes a little bit. When the sons of God gathered, Satan came also. When Jesus came, Satan came also. When Jesus, when the fullness of the Godhead, God came into him, he was that from birth, but when the Spirit came in and the declaration, this is my son, hear ye him. That was an exact prophecy fulfilled from the time of Moses. And Moses was a part, a representative. God will raise up a prophet like unto me. And that prophet, when he speaks, whatever soul does not hear him will be cut off. Now, you could go a little further and say, the message that we're under, God has given to us. Those that, that, that will receive it, they receive Christ. But that same devil is there to lay doubt to lay everything he can to discredit the word, to reason. To, and the minute you start reasoning with him, you're, you're on his territory. You're going into his fire. Judas. I, 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 I just was reflecting on Judas for a, a bit. All the disciples. And Jesus said, one of them... One of you will betray me. And they all looked around. Nobody pointed at Judas. They all said, is it me? And then Peter says to John, who was lying in the bosom of Jesus, and he says, tell, ask the Lord who it is. And then John asked, and he says, to whom I give the sop. And you read now the Bible, and when he gave him the sop, these words come, then Satan entered him. There was a full manifestation. Whatever Judas had come to, and listen, his, his motives and his objectives were maybe personal. He thought, I'm going to gain a little money. I'm the treasurer. Don't Listen, this is not against our treasurer, wherever he is today. Good thing he's not here today. In case he hears his tape. Listen, he said, I can get a little extra money. I've watched him. He, he, he's been able to escape the crowds. He's been able to do and, and he took, he didn't sell out to the word. He took the word for himself and used it for his own. Oh, there's a big difference. There's a, there's a difference between being your own, because you can be your own religion. That's what Cain was. I, I don't need God. I can have my own religion without God. I'll be who I am, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. Oh, be careful with that attitude. Be very careful with that attitude. You're not going to move me this morning, Brother Ed. I'm sticking to what I... That's fine. But if God is moving you, allow God to speak to you. Don't, allow, don't, don't let my... I'm not here. Listen, I don't even care what I think when I'm here. It's not what I think. It's what God reveals. And I'm, I'll do the very best I can with what he reveals. I, I can hold a, a little opinion. 
And if, and if I'm not careful, I hold my opinion and I look down on people and I say that. But I said, oh Lord, keep me clean. Keep me pure. Keep me where, where oh Lord, I, I allow you to be Lord of every life. But Judas didn't think for a moment. So here's the manifestation of God and here's the manifestation of Satan in, in Judas. But how did it come there? Just leave that thought with you. It wasn't, it wasn't that he was like wicked and conniving. He just didn't take the word seriously. He kept himself in the picture. He kept his motives and his ideas and his objectives. Friends, if we really believe that the headship has come down in the cloud, then we'll identify with the Lord. Not just in, the, in saying I'm a believer, but we'll identify in baptism. We'll identify in saying he's my Lord. He's the Lord of my thoughts, my life, my everything. And we give ourselves to him. That's where the first Eve fell. The second Eve will not fall. Why? Because she loved not her life unto death. All of this was not in my notes. And I just took it from my heart. Matthew chapter 36. 13. Sorry. Chapter 13 verse 36. Jesus explains the parable. The multitudes went away. The disciples said, declare unto us the parable. He said, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is of the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares of, uh, are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. Maybe I'm reading this too fast. There's been tares sown even around this message. But there's also a harvest. Verse 40, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them that do iniquity, and they shall cast him into a furnace of fire. There shall be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. As we move closer and closer and we see world events, the events in Russia and Ukraine are very much on our mind. We're there's quotations in the message, the one where Brother Branham says, when Rush, watch Russia when she comes down for that oil. And we ask ourselves, is this that time? We see that. And then he just says, watch Catholicism. I, I read today in a news article, the United States is $30 trillion in debt. You know, that's, that's like, I think that's trillion is like nine zeros. We can't even, fa we can't even fathom that. But for every, they're, they're, for every money they're earning, they have more interest to pay than they can earn. They, they, they're, they're, it's continually going negative. Canada's no better. They're selling out. 
There's only one that's going to rescue them. And they got the gold of the world. So Brother Brandon would say this in the, in the last part of this quotation. As pressure increases and it'll be harder to resist or to resist is to lose privilege. Only the elect will not be deceived. Many feel that they can serve God publicly in the framework of organization, but they err to believe the devil's lie is to serve Satan, even though you may want to call him Jehovah. This move becomes the image erected to the beast. The saints will be gone in the rapture, and this little delightful, winsome movement that started out in the fellowship at Ephesus will become the monster of Satan that defiles and deceives the whole world. The church system of the Roman Catholic and the Protestant in coming together will control the wealth of the world system and force the whole world into its religious trap or kill them by refusing the privilege of buying and selling whereby they would make a living. We thought that was a long ways away. We see how easy it is to take privileges away. And if you look at it, it's not just there. It's in the masses of the people. They sway the masses. And the masses are saying, that's right. This is wrong. Listen, it, it, it just goes flips and flips. And I say, don't get engaged with it. Oh, I, I, I got to jump in there. It's not right. I, I can ask you a question. We all didn't agree that Saddam Hussein was right. Well, we all, everybody, in the, the Americans as a whole, we got to fight. You know, politicians know one thing. To deflect criticism of their own governance of things, they create a war. The devil does the same thing. To deflect what God is really doing, he creates a war. So America created a war with Saddam Hussein, and everybody, yeah, well, let's rally together. And the government was everybody's, we're good, we're on their side. They finally watched Saddam Hussein get caught. They watched bin Laden get caught. They watched them die. I'll tell you what, is there any great satisfaction? They still talk about it. The people who lost lives, they still talk about it. Now take it to a religious realm. Here's Moses, a pure prophet of God. Here comes another prophet, Balaam. Moses built seven altars. Balaam built seven altars. Everything Moses did, Balaam copied. The difference was that Moses had gone into the presence of God and come down with a revelation. Balaam was only copying what was there. And I'll say, Satan cannot get what you and I get by revelation. He can copy it. He can do what he wants. But Moses could have stood there and said, this Balaam, okay, guys, let's get together. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. Let's kill him. No, Moses didn't do any of that. What did Jeremiah do when the, that false prophet, I think, was it Hananiah or whatever his name was, came up? You know, and, and Hananiah says, we won't be here 70 years. We're only going to be here two years. And Jeremiah said, amen. I would hope for the same thing too. But he stood on the word. And he just said, if you live more than two years, you'll know that God hasn't spoken to me. And he died. Okay, you can have a lot of satisfaction. I'm killing and I'm doing all of these things. I'll tell you what, the real believer lets God fulfill the word. 
And if you watch Moses and you read about Moses and Balaam, you don't hear Moses doing anything about Balaam. His folly was made known. But you go read the Bible a little further, and you read, and there's a little, little thing years down the road. There was a battle somewhere in such and such, and so-and-so was killed, and so on, and Balaam, the son of Zippor, was killed. God extracts the vengeance. Listen, we're not called as an eagle to fight down here. I think we got to, don't get caught in the world, gets caught up in these wars. I say, what, it, it, uh, and I ask myself this too, because you can get all caught up in these things. And there's many voices in the world. What's the end goal? What's the end goal of the truckers? Even if they get their way, they're not going to win. There's going to be a loss somewhere. <laughs> What's it going to be some personal satisfaction? I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a new kingdom, a, revela- a rapture that's going to take this kingdom. Listen, and you can, you can argue against all of the nations and things, but it just boils down to one simple thing. The devil is in charge of every kingdom in the world. Doesn't matter if it's a Republican government or if it's a Democratic government. Doesn't matter if it's a conservative government or it's a liberal government or it's an NDP government or a green government. God help us all. And he says, if, if it's any of those things. Sorry, if you're that way, I don't, don't mean to label anybody with a color, but my goodness. Okay. That, listen, they're all, Satan came and Satan came to Jesus, and he said, if you'll bow down, I'll give you all of these. And Jesus never argued with them. They're all mine. And he showed them all the kingdoms. He showed them Ottawa. He showed them Washington. He showed them Kiev. He showed them Moscow. He showed them all of these things. And Jesus said, no, that's fine. They're yours. But I'll have them in the millennium. After this earth has been purified, So before we get all caught up, Satan's tactics. What is Satan's tactics? Is to draw you into his fire. Oh, God help us. Lord, this is is here for all of us. It's here for Brother Ed. It's here for every one of us. We are Christians, onward Christian soldiers, marching as to war with the cross of Jesus Going on before. First John chapter 5. Oh my. First John chapter 5. We've been reading out of the book of John. John's been talking about the two spirits that are in the church. But he brings the believer's attention back to this in First John chapter 5 verse 1. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves also that is begotten of him. And this, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now, he's bringing it down to this thought. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Not your flesh. Not your emotion, but your faith. And I, 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 I've really, when I, when I listen to this uh, lately in the message, that we, the, the tape that we played, 
and on why we're not a denomination, this is so stuck with me because I've, I feel like sometimes I've watched, I'm going to call it, I've watched Brother Ed in the flesh and not saying that the flesh is doing sinful things, but I've watched the flesh moved, motivated. Then I've watched something inside that moves and motivates me differently. Do things tick you off, Brother Ed? Absolutely they do. What ticks you off? Lukewarm coffee. <laughs> okay, there's actually more than that. Yeah, there's things that tick me off. What else ticks you off? Photo radars. <laughs> I, I had a client years ago, and, uh, and uh, we've been working on a house for a time and some months, and, and then he says, I'm just going to go over some final changes. I'll swing by your office. I'm on my way out to Devon. Okay, sure. And then I, he comes in the office. We went over, so we got business out in Devon? And he says, yeah, what do you do out there? He kind of says, oh, don't tell anybody, but I own a photo radar company. Oh, I said, I've contributed to your house. <laughs> yeah, and I've got some nice pictures too, actually. <laughs> Listen, there's things that tick me off. That's the flesh man. But you ought to see which way the spirit man's pulling you. I'm not so much focused on what's the background noise, but it's like the student that was going to play the piano, and he comes and he plays the piano, and he comes and finishes it, and everybody is applauding. Oh, I've, I've had myself in that dream often. It's never happened yet. Everybody's applauding, and he, he doesn't bow down. He just, he's looking. He's looking up in the balcony because he's only interested in what his teacher is telling him. And I say, friends, let's listen to what our teacher is telling us. Satan wants you to mind him and his fires and his battles. And you start listening and he'll twist you up and he'll get you to look through his glasses and everything you see is a certain way. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's not, where we're called to. The seventh seal is resting time. Now, listen, Satan's attack. Like I really need to, to, to get this. So he says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Brother Brenham would say this. When you're born again, you absolutely get a hold of something. God gives you the new birth. That puts God in the person. I actually wrote this word down. It just came, injects. And, I, and I, there was like seven quotes in the message. And Brother Bam talked every time. That's God injecting himself into you by the Holy Ghost. And when he puts that in you, that's your North Star. That's your compass. You know, God can deal with you Brother Ed, when did God start dealing with you? There's a brother that came to our church for a while. He said God was dealing with him for seven years before he ever came to church. There's other brothers that have shared with me. They, God dealt with them when they were in another church and when they were in another place. And they can say, well, that's, that's when I got the Holy Ghost. 
Okay? But the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you into all truth. And I say, you cannot point back to that experience as your absolute. That may be where God dealt with you. That is not to discount that. But until you're washed by the water of this message and this word, you, you, that's, that's your vindication. Well, I, I, you know, God did this, and you can still hold ideas from there. Why are you in church today, Brother Ed? Because we're being washed. Why, why do you listen to tapes? Because I need to be washed. Listen, there was a brother who was just sharing with me as a minister friend, and he was just saying, he grew up with a family that believed in capital punishment. He said, absolutely, somebody does kill somebody else, they need to be killed too. Message believer, and then he comes across one time where Brother Branham says, no man has a right to kill any man, even under capital punishment. Oh God, wash me. But yet we can hold this stronghold. <laughs> no, I got it. Listen, we, wa- we went through Cain and we went through Abel. Cain, he thought, I've got more. Ah, oh, my, I got so much here. Let me, let me just share this with you. This is in the Church Age book. You can read the section in the Pergamian Church Age and it's from the salutation. You read about the next few pages. Brother Bram says this, the evidence of a spirit-filled Christian believer is not to produce the truth, but to receive the truth. To believe and to obey it. It's not what I can work up. It's not what I can do. This, listen, all, everywhere you go, They'll tell you in education, it's what you achieve. It's what you can do. And, and that's the approach the enemy would do. But the real believer, the humble ones that are of Seth's lineage, of, of Abel's lineage, they just say, be it unto me, O Lord, unto you according to your word. I'm just a sheep, Lord. I can't produce wool, but I can bear wool. If I believe you, it'll come out of me. And all that's required is to believe God's word. What's the difference between the believers and, and, and what's the deli- difference between the nominal churches? Brother Bannon would say, the nominal churches outshine the elect in zeal and in good works. Yeah, you'll never match that. But all it is, Lord, I believe your word. If it says capital punishment, Lord, is not of God, I believe that. Lord, and, and you know what it is? And it's not reasoning, it's not fighting it, it's just saying, Lord, I've received you. I've received this word as as an indwelling truth that will live in me for eternity. Wash me from my ideas. Let me be born by the word of this hour. In every age, the bar has been set. The evidence of a spirit-filled Christian is to receive the word that God sends for that hour. I'm sorry, that's, uh, that's all I believe. And you know what? I see it in myself. I, I'm not what I was five years ago. I'm more convinced than ever it's by this word. And Satan will come. And listen, as we come closer and closer, he's right there. Listen, he was right there when Jesus came. This is the spirit-filled son of God. And Satan was bold enough to stand in his face, repeat the very word to him. But he misused it. 
and Jesus rebuked him. Every time. If thou be the Son of God. And sometimes we take the if and say, I'll show you. Yeah, I can do it. No, it's not what I can do. It's just humbly I believe God's word. Can you honestly say, and listen, every one of us can say there's, there's areas of the word that I struggle with. Can you be honest and say that this morning? My flesh struggles with something, but in my spirit I believe it. And if you can say in your spirit you believe it, you're on the right path. If there's something in you, I don't like where you're going, Brother Ed, and something resists it. If I'm wrong, come and tell me. I, I, I'm, I'm saying it that way, openly. I tell them, tell me. Because I'm not trying to say my own thing. I'm trying to say what the messenger said and what the messenger said came from God and what the messenger said is to be put on my lips. I don't understand everything. If he says you are the virtuous and sinless bride of Jesus Christ, put it on your lips. Tell the devil that very thing. I am not like Satan's Eden. If he says, uh, you're wrong in something, I say, Lord, I'm wrong, but you said if I repent, I'll be washed, be clear and white. Listen, the end result, this battle between Job and, and the devil was not a battle between Job, actually. He was going through a lot of things, but it was God testing the faith of his son. He's saying, what I put in him. And Job didn't understand it all. And there's things that you go in your life and you don't understand. Why did this happen in my life? Why did that happen? And that's the devil's goal. Always looking back, looking back. But we need to start looking ahead. We need to say, everything I've gone through is for a purpose. It's my molding. It's my shaping. It's God dealing with me. Everything that's ahead of me, I know he'll make a way for me. Put it on your lips. Satan desires that spoken word. Listen, he challenged the Lord Jesus. If thou be the son of God, make these stones bread. He wanted to see that spoken word in action. That's what he desired. He saw it from the beginning. He's desired it all along. Make, no. And Jesus held his peace. Don't think he doesn't come to you. If you're a believer... Where's your works? Don't tell me he's never asked that question to you. And Jesus, to fulfill the word, oh my goodness, I gotta. This is in. Satan doesn't know your thoughts. Brother John ministered on that just here the, the last Wednesday. Here's Jesus. He wasn't sure if this was really God. He didn't believe. This is in the message identification. Jesus was on his way up to Calvary. The devil doubted that being any more than any prophet. He didn't believe he was Emmanuel. God manifest in his son. How could God, the great creator, ever stand and let someone tell him, if thou be the son of God, command these stones be made of bread. So that was the first thing. Now, how could he in Pilate's courtyard, 
excuse the expression, but when the chips were down, with a rag around his face and Roman soldiers spitting in his face and jerking his beard and the blood pouring through and a crown of thorns on his head and already beaten and blood running down his side. And listen to Brother Branham's statement. Satan was watching that. And they passed him one another. If you see visions, if you be a prophet, tell us who hit you. And he, and he never opened his mouth. Satan said, this can't be the Son of God. It can't be. He wouldn't put up with that. And then Brother Branham says, but sons of God put up with anything as they long as they know they're doing the will of God. Amen. And that's what he came to do. It was at Jericho. Now remember, on the other side of Jordan, it was a mixed multitude. There was spirits of Dathan and Korah that rose up and Balaam. But when you cross Jordan, that's death to self. Everything comes to order. Now you've You've settled it in your mind. I don't care what anybody says. I only care what God says. And so the first battle they've got to fight is the battle of Jericho. And Joshua commands them. Now, every one of you, don't say a word. We're going to march around the city. They marched around the city. And then... No doubt Jericho, because Rahab said, they're all trembling. They saw him march around once, and they didn't say a thing. They thought, oh, they're going to attack us. No, they just marched around. Next day, here they come again. Maybe today's the day. They marched around again. Then they came. By day three and day four, no doubt the jeers began to come. Ha! Here they are. They can't even do anything. They're just quiet. That same devil is speaking to us sometimes. Brother Bram said in greatest battle, Satan sits at your heart trying to cause you to doubt God's word. God's word has been under attack. This message is under attack. And Satan will try and cause us to say something. You don't have to defend it. It's in us. They watched for six days as they came around. But it was at the seventh day, at the sound of the trump, that voice spoke where? In a group of people that had been quiet, but now it spoke again. And it defeated the enemy, but it was at God's call. It wasn't at Satan's call. And here comes Jesus. He's going up to Calvary. He opens not his mouth. He doesn't say a word. Read Isaiah chapter 53. He opened not his mouth. And now he doesn't say a word. He surrenders himself. He dies. The power of the spoken word that Satan was looking at wasn't even used. But God, 
who had a better plan, who desired to have a bride. And in this end time, he would get a people that would be so molded to his character. Listen, friends, I'm just going to make some statements here. The devil would like you. What, what's happening right now in the world is they're trying to set up a God of their ideology, a God of climate change and economics and that all peoples and all gods are one. I'm sorry, but that doesn't align. Any God that is not God is not my God. The God of nature is my God. The God that died on the cross is my God. No other God. I don't need any ideas from out there. I don't need any of those things. Those gods will die. And I'll say that's Satan's agenda. And Satan exalts the knowledge above the revelation. And he gets into those things. What followed Luther's message? Fallen angels. What followed Wesley's message? Fallen angels. What follows even this message? is fallen angels. But I'll say, there's a predestinated people. The masterpiece message. He was bruised. He was, he didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. But his feminine part his feminine masterpiece. I'll give her the power of the spoken word. It will not be for a long time, but it'll be a short time. It will not be impersonated. It will only be to a people whose hearts are fused to me. Listen, make no doubt in your mind. And I say this, if you're living, if you're thinking one thing and living another, you need to stop it. And you need to say, Lord, line my thoughts with your word. If in this service you're saying, I don't like where Brother Ed's going. He's stepping on my toes. Listen, that's not just Brother Ed. And I'm not here to fight against anybody. I'm just here to, to allow myself to be washed too. But he was quiet so that in a certain hour, in a certain time, there's going to be a group of people that's going to be the epitome of his victory. They marched around six times, and Satan, just like the ones at Jericho, he thought, them? They're not the ones. But he knows if the people catch a revelation of the true two spirits, and they withstand, if they discern and withstand, they will be an invincible army, because he cannot come against the word of God. No, it's a wonderful thing to be sold out. I, 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 I just, I remember, I was a young man, I wanted God's will in my life, and I remember I, I was buying a car, and I thought, I'm just going to, I'm going to buy, buy this car, and I, I came across one, oh, I kind of like that, you know, and, and, and God will give you desires of his heart, and I thought, I kind of like it, and so I, I went to him, and they wanted so much money, and I offered a little bit less, and, and uh, you know, and I, and I they said, well, let me, let me talk to so-and-so, and, and we'll get everything together. And, and then I, I, I came home and prayed and said, Lord, let them accept what I offered, and I'll know it's of you. And they came back, and they said, well, we'll come back so far. I said, no, I'm sticking to that price. And they said, well, we'll come within $100 of it, and it's yours. And I could see it. It was mine. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. And then my heart smote me. And I thought, am I doing this because of myself? You say, Brother Ed, that's a simple little thing. 
I did that. I know another young man that was also involved in something. And he went above and beyond to give retribution. And I thought, and he did it, nobody knew. But he knew, and God knew. And this nobody knew, but I knew, and God knew. And I was smitten in my heart, and for three days I was sick. But when I finally came to the place where I said, I don't care if I lose that car or nothing. I knew, by faith, I felt it was my car. But when I finally came in the place and I walked into that salesman's office, I said, listen, I made a mistake. I'm a Christian, and I said and did the wrong thing. And I said, if I lose the car, that's fine. And the salesman goes, oh, what's going on today? I'm like, let me call the manager. You know, and then the manager comes in, I explained what, I said, this is what I'd pray, this is, What? He comes out of the room, he comes back with a Bible, he throws the Bible. A Christian needs to keep his word. I said, that's what I'm trying to do, sir. And he says, you said this. I said, listen, if I lose it, I'm sorry to cause you the trouble. He stomps back out. The feeling I had at that moment was that I had surrendered to God. And I would never trade that feeling. Five minutes later, the guy comes in. He says... Well, I believe God wants you to have that car because we're going to give it to you for that price. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but you know what? I would not trade the feeling of compromising on God in any way. And it was a test I had to go through. But I thank God for it. And you know what the other thing is? Wherever I drove that car, I had confidence God gave me that car. I had the same confidence about my wife, and I didn't barter for her. So, <laughs> oh my, I didn't really get through all of my notes here, but let me just wind my thoughts down as we go. Let me just say this to be serious. Satan is attempting to devalue the word. How does he devalue it? By just casting some shadow or some doubt. But you need to settle in your heart. This is God's word. Just so you can't use it effectively. The battle is not so much what we have around us, flesh and blood. The battle is in your mind, in my mind. But he's coming to... Listen, let's have the musicians come. Brother Bram says he'll, he'll bring counterfeits before you. He says he's had marvelous success in explaining away the word. And he'll get you to think this is old-fashioned. This is what my mom and dad believed. But I'll say that's why you need to find out yourself. And if God is dealing, I say, don't stop till this anchor is in your soul. And I'll tell you what, there's no devil that's going to stand before you. That doesn't mean you're not going to have trials. There's no devil going to stand before you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just have to leave a whole bunch out, but I'm going to say, at the end of the day, Job comes before God, and God has to ask Job a series of questions. And he says, first he says, gird up your loins like a man. 
Don't have pity parties. Gird them up. And then he asks the question, did you this when the foundations of the earth, where, how does this, do you know how the bones grow in, 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 in a child or in the mother's womb? Do you know all these things? And then he asks the question, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? And I don't know, but there must have been something that rose up in Job says, I was there. And because I was there, that representation comes down here. In the face of everything Laodicea throws at me, I believe his word. Though he slay me, I will trust him. And God says, Satan, I don't believe you when you said he'll curse me. And God had faith. God has faith in this word. God has faith in the believer that puts it in his heart. It will overcome the devil every time. Don't let him lie to you. If it's diminished in your mind, I just say this, put it on a top shelf again. If it's been put dust off the tapes, whatever you got to do, this word, I love it when I go down the road and I plug in that voice. Listen, I... I, I worked late on Friday night and I came home and my mind was like discombobulated. I went out Saturday morning and just drove for a while and I put that tape on. It was like, ah, oh, yeah. thank you, Lord. This is more real than that Porsche driving beside me. This is more real than the activity of the world, than the news and the placards and all these things. Why? I started to lift off into heavenly places. Friends, that's our place. It's in the Word. Let's stand together this morning. I don't really feel like I did a good job of bringing that out, but I trust you recognize the enemy, but more so you recognize your place in the Word. Oh my, what are we going to sing? <laughs> Let's sing Joel's Army. <clears throat> I feel like we need to sing something that's just affirmative and positive. The message is not, oh, if we can only make it. No, the message is real. It's our victory. My faith is my victory. The God that had his hand on me at birth. The God that watched over me. That brought the message to me. The God that's made this more real than anything. Is still my God today. I trust he's everything to you. Let's sing it. Joel's army. Joel's army. He comes in view. Stalwart
scene has been played over many times. Satan no doubt has come before God and he says, Satan, where are you coming from? From going to and fro. He's still doing the same thing. And he says, and he, and he presents himself when the sons of God come to present themselves before God. And he says, have you considered, listen, it was God that said, have you considered my servant Job? It's God that says, have you considered my servant, Brother David? Have you considered my servant, Brother Dale? Have you considered my servant, Brother Alan? Have you? And Satan goes, yeah, just, just put them to the test. We didn't know that would happen sometimes. But when it happens, when everything's going good, you don't need God as much. You don't pray as much. You don't call on him as much, but when you're cut down to nothing and you say, I don't care about anything, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Just give me the word. And God comes back to Satan and says, you said they would curse me, and they didn't. They're my little bride. They're in my hand. No one can pluck them. I've deposited their word and my word in their hearts. Oh, it's real, friends. This word means everything. I pray, tuck it in your hearts. Don't allow the devil to devalue it. Oh, well, I'll just go listen to this documentary. You know, all the documentaries are going to disappear one day. But I'll tell you, wherever I can, I keep the word in front of me somewhere. I'll listen to it tape from somebody else. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll drive in my car. I'll go for a walk with it on. And I'll tell you what, it is food to my soul. It is everything to me. He's everything. I pray that you, we would just take that and put it on our hearts. Listen, put it on your lips. Make it your confession. Satan might not look at you and say, oh, that's, they're, they're weak. They're this. He might not think, but inside of us, there's something that's great. There's something that's wonderful. He, he's everything to me. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything to me. He's everything. He's everything to me. He's my father, my mother, my sister, and my brother. He's everything. Mr. 